Thomas. Hello. Are you? Hello. I'm fine, thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, tell me about you. Who are you? Uh, okay, it's a very good question. My name is Thomas and uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So the latest uh, 20 years I've been starting companies. I have a passion for uh, entrepreneurship in very early stages, going from an idea on a napkin up to the point where you actually start a company and, and start employing people and, and so forth. I'm also engaged in the innovation system. So I work with the innovation advisory. Uh, at the moment I work for um, Linköping University. So I help uh, uh, scientists and students to uh, commercialize their uh, scientific results and knowledge from the university. So it's basically about, basically about um, helping them start companies and creating products, services and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. As an international businessman, you are traveling a lot, right? Yes, I, I've been traveling a lot uh, through the years and mm -hmm. I think it's great to, uh, to see the world and it's great to meet people from other cultures and, and, and uh, you learn a lot from meeting other people, so that's fun. At the moment right now, I don't travel too much. I go mm -hmm. to trade shows uh, on occasion, mm -hmm. but I don't travel too much these days but in previous uh, uh, companies I travel a lot. Mm -hmm. There is a saying, traveling is like reading a book. Every country you go, there is a new page. Yeah. What's your favorite chapter? In this ah, book? yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. A good question. Um, some years ago, around 10 years ago, I started to work for a startup in Norrköping called Mikon, and they developed a physics engine for, for games or games companies. Since it's very hard to program realistic physics in games, the idea was to create a, a kind of a library or a tool that, that games developers could use to simplify the development of, of advanced um, physics. I was not one of the co-founders, so I, I was just a regular employee, so to speak, but it was quite early stage in the company development. Uh, they got bought by a, a large US corporation. They were also a startup, but uh, where Mekon were a startup with maybe eight people, they were a startup with 120 people. You know, Americans, they, they always want to go big. Mm -hmm. um, and they had like half a billion, uh, yeah, so like in Swedish crowns of, of venture capital. So uh, when they acquired Mikon, I became uh, uh, responsible for all developer relations with uh, games developers around in uh, Europe, mainly in Northern Europe and also the Eastern Europe with Russia and Russia and those countries. So I travel a lot both in in US but also in, in Russia and Ukraine and, and so forth. And I think I, I'm not sure why, but I, I really like the Russian guys. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. You can say a lot of things about the country and the, the upper management of the country mm -hmm. without uh, mentioning any names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the people in Russia are very, uh, very fun to work with uh, and they, they have a, a good energy and they mm -hmm. want to do stuff and they're really inspired by working with people from outside Russia. Mm -hmm. At the same time, they, they like to party and have fun and they, they don't take, take things too seriously. They are partying more than the Swiss? <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, we have both have a, a good taste for vodka, I think. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we had some uh, some very interesting uh, evenings over there as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so people in Moscow, I have, uh, I've been in, in St. Petersburg as well. Uh, it's fun, so I, I like that area. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a while since I went back there, but I, I still have some friends over, over there. Uh, who is the most focused to business? the um, east or the west in your opinion well uh, i mean uh, they used to say that the best team is a swedish engineer and a u.s salesman uh -huh. 
since uh, the, 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 <laughs> the people in US, they are used to be very extrovert and to, to use big words and they always sell and they always pitch and present and, and sometimes they, they over, over promise and don't deliver. <laughs> While in Sweden we are more modest. If a Swedish engineer says it's done, it's done. It doesn't mean that it will be done next week or next okay. year. But at the same time, we could be too modest. Sometimes you actually have to raise your voice or, or have to kind of oversell to, to, to beat the competitors. So, so that's, that's why the old saying, I think, is true that mm -hmm. a US salesman that can push the business and then have a Swedish engineer to deliver. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure where the Russians fit in. Maybe they can take care of the kickoff. <laughs> Bring the vodka. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that, this is good in the, in the team. <laughs> yeah, I think that's important. <laughs> and uh, developer relations, how is done in uh, international scale? with people yeah. from different countries, different cultures, different yeah. way of working. For us it was very special because Mikon, they had their, their toolkit, which they, they sold it. So if, if a developer wanted the technology, they have to license it and, and pay a, a fee for that. Uh, Agia that bought Mikon had another business model because their main focus was actually to sell hardware. You know, when you buy a computer, you make sure that you have a really cool graphics card. Mm -hmm. And the graphics cards were introduced maybe 15 years ago, something like that. Uh, and the vision for Agea was to create a market for phys physics card. So the, their vision was that in the future, uh, people would buy a computer and they would look for the graphics card and also the physics card. So you, you, had, um, you were supposed to have a, um, dedicated hardware for driving physics, uh, physics simulation. Mm -hmm. So they want to sell hardware, and, but to sell hardware you have to have good software and you have to have support for the hardware in the software, in the games in mm -hmm. this particular case. So their, their business model was to, to sell the hardware to consumers and to give away the software for free to developers in exchange for uh, them adding cool feature that mm -hmm. utilize the hardware. So I was kind of the Santa Claus. I, I traveled around and met with game developers and showed them our super cool technology and our amazing software and, and how we could help the developers making really super cool physics and for free. Mm -hmm. So they could, could uh, use everything that we have uh, for free. The only thing they had to do was to promise that if they use our software, they have to use it in a, in a way that's really, really super cool and, and utilizes the hardware. So, um, so we, we had a, a list of things that they could choose, they could pick features from it. For example, adding uh, massive particle effects in a, in a game or, or adding uh, liquid uh, materials, uh, water or, or other fluids and stuff like that. And this happened in what year? In what year? Um, around maybe, uh, let me think, maybe 2006, 2007, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, somewhere in that area. So you're, you're one of the pioneers in doing this kind of activities with the games and so um, I'm not sure if I, I pioneer, but it, but it was really new. I mean, this physics uh, stuff was quite new at that time. So it really uh, drove the, the development. Uh, <laughs> and um, we had some competitors and, and there was like, like really strong competition on who would win and who <laughs> would lose. What happened was that the, <laughs> the hardware uh, project kind of failed and, okay. uh, and Agia didn't really succeed in, in making this cool hardware and, and push it to, through the stores and to the consumers. So, so it ended up with uh, Nvidia, mm -hmm. uh, a big manufacturer of graphics card. They bought the entire company okay. and right now they're using the, 
the software that we developed uh, run and running it on their graphics card. So, so it's actually a transformation. It's not really a. Loser. It's kind of a, a transformation, and so their vision failed. When you buy a computer today, you do not ask for a physics card, mm -hmm. uh, but you use your graphics card for more than graphics. I mean, you can drive physics on a, 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 a graphics card today, mm -hmm. uh, and, and a lot of those algorithms and ideas. Uh, Originates from from this, the period I mentioned when we when we developed this. Talking so about cool. vision, how is the vision of an entrepreneur from west and from east? Where you said that the Americans are very good with selling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are thinking oh. really big, right? <clears throat> yeah. Everything should be scaled. Everything should yeah. be sold to everybody in the world or stuff like this. Yeah. How is the Swedish way of selling? That's that's a good question. I think that. When it comes to the actual entrepreneur, I think it's the same. I mean, mm -hmm. entrepreneurs that are driven uh, uh, by you know the passion of creating something from a blank sheet. They want to prove something, and you want to develop yourself. Uh, you want to ha do something uh, engaging with your friends. You're not normally driven by money or or that kind of stuff. You just want to challenge yourself and and, and see if you can do something. Mm -hmm. uh, my biggest fear in in life is to be a nobody. Just be the man. Who wakes up in the morning, goes to work, and goes back home and do nothing, and, and really don't contribute to the society. I really want to do something that makes a difference, mm -hmm. uh, which might sound silly, but uh, hey, that's who I am. <laughs> so I think that that driving force is the same around the world. So if you meet a true entrepreneur, no matter if he or she, they are from uh, U.S. or Russia or India or whatever, it's the same. You speak the same language, and the language of passion and motivation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At the same time, you are correct. In in U.S., you are raised to be very extrovert and and talk with the big words and and you talk in a way with a with a confidence that are very pleasing. For example, for uh, for investors, mm -hmm. if if they ask, do you, will you succeed? Yes, I will. And, so and, and if you say maybe or like yeah, maybe. consultant, it depends. <laughs> yeah, it depends. You are sending the wrong signals. You have to say yes. Yes, my company will be world world leading in this area. In three years, no problem. I'm, I'm, I will make it happen. I'm, Even though you know that depends you, on very many. You know things. that there's a risk, but yeah. but I think the Americans are very good at, at like putting up a facade where you like are very mm -hmm. strong in your belief. While people in Sweden are more realistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here, if if someone asks me, "Will you succeed?" I would say, "Well, it depends. It's yes. very hard to say yes. right now because there are many factors and mm -hmm. and statistically." I know that most startups will fail, so statistically, yes, we will fail, but I, I, I will do my best to make it succeed. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that is not very uh, good to say to an investor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think this is a more a European way, because I've seen in yeah. many countries in Europe the <clears throat> same kind of attitude yes. regarding the, su the success. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's the same with the investors, if you look at it from that perspective. Um, if you're a startup and you approach investors in this region, they are usually very troubled, and this will be difficult. We could invest, but um, this is a new area. It's very hard to tell. Uh, do you have numbers, predictions? And if you are like the, the strong entrepreneur here saying, like, I know this will work. Mm -hmm. I, I feel it in my gut. The investor might say that your gut is not uh, something that we use in our risk-like uh, <laughs> uh, judgment. So you have to come up with budgets and stuff, and it's yeah. very hard. Whilst uh, American U.S. investors um, can see the vision themselves. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I was a co-founder of a company called Bolai, and we made an app uh, called Bloxworld. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bloxworld can be described as a combination of Lego and Minecraft. 
so you can it's a it's a game but it's also a tool where you can build basically anything with the different simplistic shapes you can build a car or a robot or a house or a person and then you can make everything move and 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 like we have wheels and rocket engines and lasers and stuff like that so you can build basically anything and we needed an, an investor mm -hmm. uh, and when we approached investors in Europe they were very hesitant and was hard because this was a creative tool not really a game it would be hard to market but then we talked to people in US they said wow this is cool this will be huge mm -hmm. we can see it you don't have to give us numbers we can see that that this will be huge we can see it ourselves and that's also one of the reasons that, that we actually um, sold the entire company to a, a US corporation because they said hey this will be huge we can see it mm -hmm. and I remember me saying that so it's very hard for us to make predictions and I know that you will ask for that. So I, I just want to start with saying I'm sorry that I, we don't have those like five years uh, budget predictions. Mm -hmm. You don't have to give us predictions. We can see it for ourselves. I mean, we, we know this area very well and, mm -hmm. and we see that it has potential. So, so you don't have to tell us about the potential. We can see it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a big difference uh, uh, from, from US um, related to, to Europe and, and, and Sweden. Sweden seen by outside yeah. by a, an outsider. Uh, <coughs> Stockholm is actually the second or the third Silicon Valley. Yeah. If you read the international uh, yes. media, do you agree with this? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's a, a shame that we here in Sweden we don't really understand how cool we are and how hot we are <laughs> and how good this area are. Of course, some people understand it, but uh, here in Sweden we spend a lot of energy on on like talking about how cool everything is in Silicon Valley or how easy it were if, if um, our startup would be in London or or whatever. And that was also an insight I got uh, from uh, from working with this uh, company that we sold the Blockswell to. Uh, it was Linden Lab, uh, the developer behind Second Life, one of the biggest 3D communities in the world. When we went aboard their organization, we were really starstruck of them being in the like the, they, they had their office, really cool office in the financial district of San Francisco and, and they operated very close to Silicon Valley and and, and like the founders are, are like legends in the startup scene and so forth. So we went there really starstruck and said, wow, it's really cool to be here. Wow, mm. we come from a small country called Sweden. Maybe you've heard about it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but we were surprised because everyone we met said that, wow, are you from Sweden? Wow, that's cool. Sweden seems like it's such a cool place. Mm -hmm. I really hope that I can go there. And now having you working here, maybe I can like trick my bosses uh, to go to Sweden mm -hmm. and uh, because it's, it seems like it's so so very cool place and they've heard about Minecraft and they know about um, most of the big uh, Swedish startups and uh, the reputation of Sweden as a good startup place mm -hmm. with good uh, governmental support and a good community and very good, uh, you know, what, what do you say, like a culture around this. Uh, we, are, we have a very open culture of sharing here in Sweden. I mean, Silicon Valley is a good place to be and there's a lot of investments and a lot of interesting startups and people over there, of course. At the same time, it's quite a close society and, and and people are building walls and, and keeping their innovation secret because they are afraid that someone will steal it. And, and, and of course, you should be careful. But here in Sweden, since we are such a small company and then, then we are quite a few people that actually are, are trying to do something mm -hmm. uh, to change the world, um, we are very good at sharing. Mm -hmm. So I've been in meeting with, with several people where, where there are several startups representing and startups may have almost the same business idea and, and obviously they are competitors, but 
no walls are built anyway. You just speak up and you share what you do and, and you share the insights and you help out. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, normally you, uh, there's a risk of course of sharing, but there's also a chance of learning something and, and maybe you can you know, help each other in, 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 in many ways. Sweden mm -hmm. is, a, uh, it's so small, so, so the competition within Sweden is, is, uh, is not a threat, mm -hmm. I think. What have you learned from gaming and you can apply to other kinds of business you are involved in? Stuff uh -huh. like gamification or... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's also a great question. Many great questions here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, a, a game, uh, if you look at the, like the technology, a mm -hmm. game consists of many parts. Uh, if we are, are to generalize, like you have, okay, so let's generalize a lot. Okay. Let's say that 50% of, the, of uh, the, the, the technology in a game is like just, uh, um, what do you say, functionality. There mm -hmm. are features that has to be there. You have a feature list and you implement it. Mm -hmm. uh, but then in a game you also have to have feelings and, and have like the, the gameplay and the feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's very hard. So if you have a list of features that has to go in the game, then when you implement it and you try the game, is it fun? Normally it's not fun. <laughs> and then you have to go back and iterate and iterate and tweak and analyze and change. Um, and you have to have not only like product management managers inside the team, you also have to have like game designers and people that are responsible of, of the overall feeling and the gameplay. So, so I think that uh, can be used on other areas as well. I mean, if you're, building, if you're building a business system, you have a list of features and when you're done with the features, then you're done and then you just check the features. Is this feature implemented? Yes. Is this feature implemented? Yes. Okay, then we're done. Mm -hmm. But how about the feeling and how about the, the interaction and how about, you know, when you, when you are using this, uh, like, uh, economic system, is it fun? Mm -hmm. Do you wake up in the morning and you, like, feel an urge to start using this system? If, if the answer is no, I think you should continue to work on it. Mm -hmm. and even, a, like, a, a boring system should be fun to use. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so that's something that, that the game industry is very good at. Uh, based on the words you use, I think you are a visual person, right? More than an auditive yes. person. So <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, correct. Okay. I use my hands. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, my opinion is that there are different kinds of visualization. For mm. example, a designer is thinking more like layers, mm. like a Photoshop layer. Yeah. I have this business, I have to put a new layer, so I will have yeah. a cooler business and then I'll have a bigger business and so on. Uh, then a more IT person will think more in a JIT, in a, you know, <laughs> versions. Yeah. And I have version one and then I will go with the alpha and then we'll go beta, <clears throat> public mm. uh, and so on. Mm. Um, others are going with um, maybe accountants. They mm. are seeing in uh, spreadsheets like mm. uh, columns and uh, so on. So they are saying, uh, okay, now we are here, then we have to go to point number G7, mm. let's say, and this is a sum or is minus or something. Mm. And then we have another kind of database people, the graph database people, mm -hmm. when they see <laughs> mind map, yeah. not columns and lines, but they see like points, dots, they connect the dots, they say, okay, this is an <clears throat> opportunity, maybe something done by, by someone else, mm. but I can do it differently mm. because I see it like a tree and right. I develop from there. Yeah. What kind of person are you? You are in one of these categories or there is another category for you? I'm definitely the, uh, the visual uh, person. I see everything in images. Images? Uh, yes. I'm not, I can be structured if needed, but I'm not very structured. I'm, I'm much more of a, uh, you know, what do you say, um, 
I, I use my feelings and my gut feeling a lot when mm-hmm. I take decisions and I do it based on, on, on immediate uh, feelings and, and reactions. So I always need to, need to be surrounded by people with, with uh, both more technology and knowledge than me, of course, uh, but also people that are more structured, at mm-hmm. least when, when the product reach a level where you have a lot of people involved. For example, my latest startup, we are running nine people right now in that startup uh, working. And, and to synchronize everything that needs to be done and all the meetings and all the process, that's not me. Mm-hmm. So I, I need other people to do that. Um, I like to be in the forefront and always be creative on finding new uh, like strategic possibilities and, and be the, the face of the project against the outer world, if mm-hmm. you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like to talk to people, I like relations, I like to be creative and, and solve problems. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's. Mm-hmm. But I, I think in, in your um, description I sound more like the, the first okay. guy. <laughs> the, the, the graphical guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you said uh, something about your last activity with your uh, last uh, startup. Yeah. Is yeah. it Lifey? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, can you tell correct me more that. about this? Yeah, uh, it's very interesting. Lifey is a gaming wristband for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you play by moving yeah, your, your body. So uh, the idea is to make it fun to be physically active and to inspire kids to be, to be more physically active and, and to offer a new way of playing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also a way of, of making parents uh, to make them, uh, what do you say, not afraid that their kids will, will uh, sit still too much by the computers. And, and it actually originates from, the, from my engagement in the gaming scene because I love games myself. I've always inspired my kids, I took kids on my own, to spend time with the computer and the iPad and the, and the phone and I, I buy them uh, computer games and, and, and they explore the, the digital world. And they help me explore the world and the digital world because <laughs> they I learn faster. They learn faster. I don't have pl- time to, to play games. So, for example, when Minecraft first came, I read about it. It sounded cool, but I didn't have time to uh, understand mm-hmm. understand it myself. So I just told my kids, "There's a game called Minecraft. You should check it out." And then I watched them playing it and using it. Um, but I also discovered that they spent too much time mm-hmm. sitting still, and when they got super engaged of a game or something. Uh, it was very hard to uh, uh, inspire them to shut off the computer and go out and play in, in the yard. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I of course, I liked to read books and stuff like that, but I, most of the time I spent outside, not actually training or not with, with exercise, but I, I took my bike and then we ran around in the woods and, and we built stuff and we went crazy. But my kids, they're just inside all the time. So instead of just prohibiting them from using the computer instead of shutting it off or instead of of killing the the router mm-hmm. I, I started to think uh, on how can we inspire kids to be active physically with the same mechanisms that in game we have to make it fun to be outside again so that's the idea behind life is so it's it's actually gamification of of everyday life mm-hmm. so, so every time you move you collect points okay and when you're sitting still that will cost you points you will lose points and the points can be uh, visualized directly on the wristband with a, with a light with different colors and different color patterns. So you can immediately see if you have been sitting still, uh, if you're in like in the danger zone of sitting still too much, and you risk. And probably in the future we'll be connected with other devices. So we'll have yeah, absolutely. And... So we're working on an app right okay. now where you can see uh, different achievements that you have achieved, and we also uh, will have. Uh, 
some kind of reward uh, platform where parents can add rewards. So for example, if you reach the green level every day in a week, then you get a nice cake or you can travel somewhere, you get, get something back. Mm. Um, to, just to make it fun and engaging and rewarding to be active. So that's something we're working on right now. We are in a quite early stage in a like pre-production phase uh, still, but we hope to launch the product uh, product in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. Next year. Are you planning a Kickstarter campaign or something? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. We are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the the first idea was to run a Kickstarter campaign this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we started to read on, on, on and and start to learn how to make, design and manufacture physical consumer products and we realized that this is an area that we have to understand better before mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. go into the Kickstarter campaign. So we've spent a lot of time in understanding how to work with uh, like going from a visual design to a production ready design, mm-hmm. how to set up a factory, you know, and, and find um, other companies that can help us with all this. Mm-hmm. Like, do we have to go to China? Uh, and the, the production plants over there or can, can we make the first batch in Sweden mm-hmm. and how much will it cost and, and what costs are involved and as a startup we are we have very little financial means so how can we get some funding to mm-hmm. to make a prototype that we can use before uh, we go into the crowdfunding campaign and so forth so that has taken quite quite a lot of time so when we go into the crowdfunding campaign we have to make sure that we know the procedure of taking yes. a successful campaign yes. Uh, and giving the product in the hands of the customer and, and that has taken some time. So early 2016, I think, uh, is, is, uh, is doable. The start is sometimes, or maybe most of the cases, more important than the whole marketing budget. So if you start well, then you'll have more su- yeah. success then. Yeah, of course, if you have a great economical resources, you can make a great PR campaign and, and mm-hmm. get a lot of backers. But uh, I think uh, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a good product. It's the most important thing. If you have a good product, if you and if you solve a problem, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. if you solve a true problem, and then then you will succeed. Mm-hmm. I read that there's a, a new Swedish product in Kickstart right now uh, about to make the the Swedish crowdfunding record. Okay. Uh, I what think it's like it? wireless uh, headphones. Or I didn't uh, check out the details. I have uh-huh. to. They're very close. And and they had. I, I read an, an interview yesterday and the CEO said that they had a very limited uh, budget for uh, marketing uh-huh. uh, so the, the success for them was to have a great product. Great idea and yeah. great product, yes yeah. indeed, indeed. So that's most important. Mm-hmm. You as an entrepreneur, what tools do you use the most? What tools? Uh, I use a computer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that was a tricky question. Actually, uh, right now in the startup, um, we are really dependent on communication because we are so many people, like nine people, and we have people in Linköping and Norrköping and Stockholm. Mm-hmm. So we actually use Facebook Messenger a lot for communication, uh, which sounds like a lame tool. There are so many much cooler uh, startup-friendly tools for communication, but the f- uh, Facebook Messenger turns out really great for us. So we spend a lot of time just just chatting and 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 and, and that. So that's a great digital tool. And then of course I use all the like the the uh, the normal stuff with with Trello for for tracking projects, and uh, I use like LinkedIn and Twitter to uh, to promote the product and to promote the development, WordPress and that kind of stuff to build a homepage and I spend a lot of time uh, with the uh, like the outgoing communication mm-hmm. even though we're in an early stage I think it's good for people around the world to see what we do and, and start to learn about our product mm-hmm. um, and, and for that I use the, the traditional social media channels mm-hmm. uh, 
so I, that's yeah a camera <laughs> some photo apps <laughs> you know, that, that kind of stuff mm -hmm. who do you want to hear in the future yes there's a there's a person her name is Louise Lennerstein and she is the head of HR that is human resources at narrative a very cool and innovative startup from Lean shopping mm -hmm. and they have offices in uh, in two places in Sweden and also in uh, in America in uh, in uh, San Francisco I think so I heard her talk about how they uh, uh, try to integrate the offices and make people in different locations come closer and also how to to make the Swedish culture and the and American culture come closer and that was a very interesting talk so I think that she would be a great and guest. what are they doing as a product they are making a small wearable camera that you can carry around all day and, mm -hmm. and uh, it auto automatically takes pictures mm -hmm. of your of your everyday life. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm asking you just for my listeners because I've been to their company. They had two events. Ah, yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you see yourself on a highway, yeah. you are in a car, you are on a motorcycle. How do you see yourself? I like to walk. I like to walk <laughs> okay. because uh, when I walk, I, I experience so many things. I can, mm -hmm. can smell things, I can hear things, I can stop and I can interact. Mm -hmm. If I see a small item on the, on the ground, I can pick it up and I can see it. So I like to walk and if I'm traveling and I'm going to a business meeting and if I have time and if it's a reasonable distance, I, I prefer walking rather than taxi or, or driving or a rental car and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if that's good or not. It's a good answer. <laughs> uh, but it's, at the same time, I might even even as a as a startup entrepreneur, I might not be the fastest person. Sometimes I do things slow, mm -hmm. uh, and my experience is that that when you look at the uh, uh, opportunity, the window of opportunity, it looks so small. It mm -hmm. looks like wow, if we don't do this in a month, we will fail. But when you look backwards, the, the video of, of opportunities is usually bigger than you expected. So sometimes it's better to cool down, do your homework, understand your uh, environment, and understand what problem you are solving, try to focus on your users, and not to rush the, uh, the solution or the products uh, too much. I mean, this wristband, we've been talking about it and working with it for three years, mm -hmm. um, which, which is a, a big amount of time. We could if we had really speed up things, I'm sure we can have a product out the first six months, but, but there were so many unsecure factors. Um, so I, I, I could be perceived at, at sometimes a bit slow. Mm -hmm. There are other people that are faster, okay. that approach me and the team always. But you have in the team someone faster than you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, well, I'm not slow person, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I like to do my homework. Mm -hmm. uh, so on, on the highway, you will see, uh, you see some some guy standing uh, uh, beside the road and walking slowly, and you will just pass very very fast in your in your race car, and then then will you approach the the goal faster than me, but you will, will miss out a lot of experiences down the road. So when I finally go to the mo goal mm -hmm. and reach the goal uh, later than you, I will have so. But much. you learn more. Yeah, I'll I'll learn more. Do, uh, during, the during that process, yes, yes. yes. yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if that made sense. Yes, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and I, I hope think, so. <laughs> and I think it's uh, it's connected uh, somehow with the Swedish culture. Yeah. Because when when I came here with with my company, the mm. name is Highway to Business. Yeah. And I asked people, what do you think about this name? Is mm. it a good name for my company in Sweden? <laughs> because maybe in Romania or in <clears throat> Germany or somewhere else is a good name mm. and most of the feedback I received it was oh but highway I think that means too fast for us. <laughs> really <laughs> yes <laughs>
<laughs> okay, so what would be a better Swedish name? Like the, the forest path to success? Okay, <laughs> something sounds like good. that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you have any song or album connected with the idea of traveling, business traveling, highway, and so yes, on? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, when I was 11 years old, I heard uh, a, a song on the radio for the first time. And it really struck me because I had never heard music like that before. I was only 11 years old and I, I shouted, shouted to my dad, record this, record it, uh, so he could find out what it was. And it turned out that it was the German uh, synth uh, pop band Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk. Uh, and it was a track from the uh, album Computer World. And the track is called Pocket Calculator. Pocket and it was the most amazing song I've ever heard. Uh, so, uh, and it was actually the first uh, record that I ever bought in my life. And I th still think it's the best album ever made. It's totally amazing. So I, I use it uh, in the car. I, I listen to that music while driving. It's my favorite car music uh, still. So, uh, so check it out. Pocket Calculator with Kraftwerk. We, we will put a few seconds of the song in the end of the podcast. Awesome. Or maybe during the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. It was okay. a real pleasure. Okay, thank you. Likewise. <laughs>